0: Welcome back to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. It's Melissa Joy and I am fired up and it's just me. I'm ready to talk about emergency reserves. I've had a day, I'll just tell you. It's just been one thing after another, not everything going right. So if you hear a little angst, that's okay. That's just the mood I'm in today. But then I was scrolling through on social media and I sometimes like follow along on a stock group. Of women, and I saw someone post, and they were like, "What should I be doing with my money that I'm going to need in the next six months? I'm not even sure if the S&P 500 is too volatile for me right now." And my head just about exploded. And I thought it is time for us to have an episode where we break down what is emergency reserves. What do you do with money that you're going to need in the short term? So that I can refer to this episode when I talk to people about having cash on hand. So let's get started and define things. So I always use the term emergency reserves, but what that really means is cash on hand. This is cash that is kind of already spent. It's also your rainy day fund. It is your savings. You know, I don't care what you call it, but just know I'm going to call it emergency reserves. Now, if you have something that you know you're going to need to use in the next six or 12 months, and it's not a nice to have, it's going to be spent, it's a need to have, that money is out the door, it just hasn't gone out the door yet, then I do not suggest, unless you are flush with cash otherwise, that you put that money that's earmarked for something in the near future into any sort of long-term investment. And what would a long-term investment be? Well, typically it would be stocks or bonds, mutual funds, exchange-traded funds, things that move up and down on a day-to-day basis. Moreover, having cash, even in a time where interest rates are very, very low, is something that is kind of magical. It fixes things, it solves problems, and you don't know what is going to be around the corner, what is going to come up when you least expect it. So, you know, we've learned a lot about that in the pandemic where everybody got impacted and a big chunk of our American society, our coworkers and colleagues and neighbors just, you know, had an abrupt disruption in their work, in their pay and their income when the pandemic started. And of course, in that case. After a few weeks, there were some pretty significant changes from the federal government that helped to support people. But that, you know, when you have a bad day yourself, there's not always somewhere in there who says, we're going to have a child tax credit and a stimulus payment. Sometimes you're just on your own. So, what do you do to insulate yourself from that? Well, what you do is you pull together some cash and I know this is challenging because many people live paycheck to paycheck and then others are told you should put your money to work. And when you look at the yield that you get on your money market, it's very puny. It's, it's sense. If anything, it's a very, very low yield if you can even find a yield. And so you're thinking, no, I've been told I need to put my money to work, but that just isn't always the case. If you can have a solid emergency reserves, it allows you to take more risk in the rest of your portfolio because you have that rainy day fund and you don't have to worry about, in terms of the short term, where the market is day to day because you know you have the cash on hand to live your life or to replace the boiler if it goes out and it's the middle of winter in Michigan, like it is here. I'm freezing, sitting by a window looking out into the night. And so, you know, things do sometimes go bump in the night. And You need to have cash on hand. I cannot emphasize enough that investing in the stock market, thinking I need to make 20% on this money that I'm going to be using for a down payment on a house within the next six months, or I'm going to be using to replace my car or do repairs, or just know that I have money on hand for the things that happen when you're adulting in life, that is not money that should be put at risk in investment markets and it's completely different than mid and long term money it's it's different than a retirement fund it's it's different than you know something that you're saving for for 5 years from now so short term time periods can be uncertain and they are uncertain and we're going through a little bit of volatility today in the market it could have happened last year it could happen next week and so you can't count on things to go your way even if the trend has been you know fairly favorable So then people need to know, how do you pull that money together? So for some of you, you know, you haven't been able to have the luxury of having cash on hand that could cover more than the next month. And I know that that is not a shaming comment. That is just reality. And I've been there myself. I spent, you know, all of my 20s trying to pull things together. And fortunately, over time was able to build up more cash on hand, but that is a project. That is not something that can happen in a day. And I get that. I'm not telling you that it's easy. What I always recommend first is think of some longer term goal of where you would be really comfortable. And I know for financial planners, sometimes a rule of thumb is if your family lives on one income, then perhaps you want that amount of cash to be about equal to a year's worth of living. And so that sounds really big, but we're going to talk about the steps to get there first. Now, if you're a family that's living on two incomes, maybe it's about six months. So if one of you had a job disruption, you wouldn't have to scrap everything. You wouldn't have to completely change your life or your lifestyle. And I can tell you, I've had that happen. Both my husband and I had very unexpected you know, losses of jobs in, in our careers in the past. I'm fortunate to work for myself now, so don't see that in my near future. But you know, it happens, and I've been there. So first, you're going to come up with a number and, you know, I like even numbers. So if you're not sure where to start or you haven't gotten that budget, maybe you, you come up with a number that's like fifteen dollars or $20,000. Maybe you have that pulled together, but your lifestyle has grown because that's the reality. And I certainly am not an austerity financial planner. So I get that life changes and money changes. And, you know, you used to live a pretty simple life, but, you know, as your life has grown in complexity and kids and family It also may have grown in terms of what you need to kind of pay those bills. So maybe you have that on hand, but you you really reflect and realize that if there were a big change or something big happened, you live in a bigger house. So if you have a big repair, replacement or assessment, then you know maybe things are different than they used to be. So you might decide that it's an even bigger number than the one you've already started with. Okay, so first we're we're deciding this is where I want to end up. Now give yourself the benefit of time. So I want you to not be over austere. So unless you just are throwing money right and left onto credit cards that you can't pay off, I'm not telling you that you need to go on a really, really strict money diet. But what I want you to do is to put a date in the future. Maybe it's six months or a year from now. I like to use season. So how about next summer? Where do we want to be? Or maybe you're starting this year and it's kind of a resolution type thing. So you're saying, okay, I'm going to have $25,000 by the end of 2022. So that gives you a full 12 months. You know, the number may be smaller. I'm not, I'm, this is adjustable based on you and your lifestyle. Maybe it's 10 or $15,000 that will give you breathing room. So you do that and you figure it out and then you need some gateways. So then you need some incremental gateways and paths so that you know that, you know, in, the end of the winter, let's call it March, um, although that might be a little bit optimistic here in Michigan. So let's say in a few months that you are gonna end up with a some sort of gateway. So if you're starting from scratch, maybe that's $5,000 or $2,500 that's set aside in a separate account. It might even be smaller, that's okay. But give yourself some gateways so that you're not putting off this goal and you're giving yourself accountability and you're also giving yourself credit when you do a great job because I know you can do that too. Okay, so you've, you've got the gateways and you also have the long-term target. Well, then you need to monitor it. And so I just mentioned, you know, you may have cash on hand, but you need a little bit more because your lifestyle has changed. That is just fine. And then I want you to ignore the temptation to take risks because it feels like it's easy to kind of stretch things out, okay? So put your blinders on and remember that cash serves a function that may not be as well understood. I know inflation is at 5 6 7% right now, and it does not feel good to not be getting yield on your cash, but the cash is serving another function. It's allowing you to take more risks in other aspects of your life. It's allowing you to invest, perhaps, with a more aggressive posture, and it's also supporting your family when something changes, when something goes wrong. I assure you that I've worked with many people who have had um, significant cash on hand. And it really helps with your overall financial plan. It helps with so many different parts of your life. And one of the most important things that it helps with is your mindset and how much anxiety and stress you have to carry around from month to month and week to week. And you cannot discount the value of that as well. Now, there is a group of you. Some of you really love to hold on to cash. And that is your favorite thing. And maybe you've run out of places to invest or save in traditional ways, like your 401k or retirement plan. And you're doing your Roth contributions and, you know, you're doing all the good things and you're an excellent budgeter or you're great at earning money. And now you're sitting on a bigger pile of cash than should be your emergency reserve. I know it's hard for some of you to believe that there are these people out there, but I see them day to day and they come to my office and they say, I think I probably have too much money, but you know, it makes me feel good. And also. I'm not sure where I would start to invest or, or what I would do with it. Okay. So for you people, maybe your emergency reserve is a little too high. You have too much cash on hand, or it just keeps piling up. Well, a, I would start and say, that's okay. We can incrementally bring that number down. If you're somebody who typically just feels more comfortable with a lot of cash on hand, I'm not going to come in and say, okay, I know you have $150,000 in cash, But, you know, as a financial planner, I want you to take more risk. I want to grow that money. So let's take it down to 20,000. I'm not going to do that. But let's decide on a number that's a comfort level. Maybe it goes from 150,000 to 100,000. We have a game plan for how to move that money into, you know, boosting some of your retirement savings, or maybe it's even a brokerage account, a taxable investment account. That's okay, too. It may feel a little more tricky because there's some tax consequences and there's not an automatic like kind of account set up for you on the day you start your job, but that's where a financial planner or some investment research or podcast listening can assist you. So I want to make sure this conversation both addresses the cash hoarders as well as those of you who, like me at one point in my life, need some guidance in how to get emergency reserves. Do you feel like you just heard a rant? Because I kind of feel like I just gave you one, but that's okay. I needed to get that out of my system because I'm, you know, just scrolling through Facebook. And I think there's some people that need to hear this. Not only what is emergency reserves, what is cash on hand, what is savings, but also how to get there. And I get it there. You got, you've you always got to start someplace. And there's no time like today to set an intention for kind of where you want to go and how you want to be. You know, there are some incremental things. You may feel like, oh, I feel good about my emergency reserves, but I want some midterm money. I just wrote a blog about investing in I bonds, which is something you need to hold for 12 months, but it's got a nice yield, although it's quite limited in how much you can put in each year. So we'll make sure to include that in show notes. And once you've tackled that emergency reserves, make sure you monitor it once a year or and you know have a conversation with the family or with your partner to make sure that you're both on the same page. It may be that you have yours and he or she has his or hers, or it may be something that's a joint family decision, which I love. But make sure you're doing the monitoring, make sure you have that cash on hand, and don't feel like you are doing something wrong if you don't have every single penny that you've got maximizing yield, which may also reflect maximizing risk. That's okay. Keep some cash and use our guidance to kind of make sure that you know your path. We'll keep these types of conversations going throughout the year. We're going to really hit hard on specific financial planning topics and specific investing topics. And for our growing audience, we really appreciate you. Keep the questions coming. Don't hesitate to reach out to me at melissapearlplan.com if there's a topic that you want to hear about how and why to get things done when it comes to money. Have a great day. You can access our first two seasons of this podcast on our website at www.pearlplan.com or on Spotify. If you're interested in learning more about Pearl Planning, feel free to sign up for our newsletter also found on our website.